In all my 20 years of working with fashion brands, creative agencies, retail stores, and working on some of the most prominent collaborations of all time, you know what the most stressful thing I've ever done is? Trying to start a podcast. No, seriously, trying to get a podcast off the ground is like advanced mathematics. It's a tangled web of codes, confusing links, and algorithms. That is until the day I discovered Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. A, it is free. B, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your smartphone or computer. C, Anchor will take care of distributing your podcast for you so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else people listen to shows. And last but not least, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Thank you, Anchor. No, really, thank you. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Hey everyone, it's Jeff Staple of The Business of Hype. We have just wrapped up an amazing season five of the show and now I am out meeting, interviewing, and recording all over this planet in preparation for season six. So we'll be back in a few weeks with all new episodes. Now, as you guys already probably know, this is always a great time to revisit the old episodes that you loved or maybe ones that you might have missed. So to that person on Instagram who recently said to me, you need to get Errolson from Acronym on the show, or I need to hear from Shepard Ferry on the business of hype. Yeah, I already did them. So dig into our archives and you will find them and much more. It's also a great time to check out our other shows on the Hypebeast Radio Network. We have the Mike Line Show, which covers off on the latest and greatest musicians coming into the scene today. And then there's Hype Talk, which culls together all the live speaking events that we do at Hypebeast that you couldn't get tickets for or couldn't be in town for. We record them, rebroadcast them for your listening pleasure. So it's kind of like you're right there, but with probably better air conditioning. And finally, I am most excited for our newest show. It's called The Anthropology. The show is the brainchild of Tiffany Godoy, who also serves as your host. Tiffany is a modern-day cultural Lara Croft, but, like, much better dressed. She resides in Paris, Tokyo, and L.A., and she speaks French, Japanese, and English fluently. I'm so jealous. She's also the co-founder of The Reality Show, a creative content and tech startup studio, which you should definitely check out their amazing Instagram magazine, the reality show with no vowels. So that's at T-H underscore R-L-T-Y underscore S-H-W. Ah, kids today. She's also done art direction and content creation for Cartier, Shiseido, Valentino, Essence, Zach Posen, Lane Crawford, Shuamerta, and Givenchy. She is also the author of a great book called Style Deficit Disorder, A Complete History of Tokyo Street Fashion from Harajuku. She also regularly contributes to Vogue, CNN, The New York Times, VMAG, Nowness, Tokyo TV, and NHK Japan. So now I am very proud to be able to add even more work to her plate as she can now add Hype Beast Radio to her mile-long resume. So the anthropology deep dives into the movements and minds shaping culture today. She does the research, meets the movers, and puts together an immersive story spanning multiple episodes that all drop on you at one time, so you can binge to your heart's content. In season one, she unpacks the mysterious organization out of Italy known as Slam Jam. Founded by Luca Benini in 89, it started out as an Italian distributor of brands like Stussy, 
Carhartt, Neighborhood, VisVim, and Nike. But more recently, they've expanded into other businesses, like partnering with Matthew Williams to create the brand Aleeks. So in this five-episode series, Tiffany explores all the branches of culture that Slam Jam has touched today. You will be surprised at who ends up on the show. So today, I want to give you a little sneak preview of the show and play a bit of season one here. If you like it, don't forget to search The Anthropology on Hypebeast Radio anywhere you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button. And while you're at it, do the same for Mike Line. That is spelled Mike slash Line and Hype Talks. Okay, get ready to go on a trip that only Tiffany Godoy can take you on. The Anthropology, Season 1, Slam Jam. Fashion Anthropology. Fashion Genealogue. L'Anthropologie de la Mode. Je suis Tiffany Godoy. On Fashion Anthropology, we deep dive into the movements and minds shaping fashion culture today. From street to luxe, Shanghai to Paris, underground to legendary. Slam Jam. Connector, patron, platform, movement, attitude. Slam Jam. Slam Jam was founded by Luca Bonini in 1989 in the small town of Ferrara, Italy. His mission and obsession to serve the underground. Slam Jam started as the Italian distributor of Stussy, Carhartt, and Nike, among others. Still working with these major players, the company also thrives on collabs with emerging brands like United Standard, Martine Rose, and Telfar. In 2018, along with Carhartt, Slam Jam opened the impressive art cultural space Spazio Maiocchi in Milan. Independently, Luca Bonini is the business partner of Matthew Williams on the brand Alix. In this five-episode series, we immerse ourselves in the culture of Slam Jam. Slam Jam. We talk to the artists, designers, and OG street scene makers that surround this elusive company. As Slam Jam marks its 30-year milestone, this tribe is as relevant as ever. Fashion Anthropology. Episode 1, Slam Jam and Italy's Fashion DNA. Antropologia del Fashion. Episode Ichi, Slam Jam to Italiano Fashion DNA. Fashion Anthropology. Ciao, I'm Gabriele, Gabriele Casaccia. I'm a Slam Jam Curators. Okay, so we're here at, at Men's Fashion Week in the Slam Jam showroom. It's busy. I'm with Gabri creative director and we're talking about the future of slam jam ciao tiffany so i don't think that i'm a creative director i think that i'm okay. i am a, a creator about different projects from slam jam that came from you know sometime consultant for the fashion and from the brand and uh, probably most deeply into the art side you know our mission my mission is to engage the community and to develop the slam jam world this is something difficult to explain, but you know what we like try to do is like to increase the community. We started uh, from uh, our city with different projects with the retail, and then right now the ambitious project is the Spazzamayaki. That is something that is uh, probably unusual for a clothing brand, but for us, it's very natural. Art space Spazio Maiocchi opened in Milan in 2018 in partnership with longtime collaborator Carhartt Work in Progress. Art and cultural magazine Kaleidoscope curates projects in the space and has its office there. But what exactly is Slam Jam? Oh, what is Slam Jam? It's uh, 
an incubator of uh, ideas, an incubator of uh, creativity, and that came from also from the music. Lucas started his company because uh, because the music, and then because uh, the music influenced the fashion and was uh, you know was in the past and is also right now you know something that is very linked each other. Right now, Italy seems to play a really, really big part in this shifting of, of the guard, of this new fashion scene that combines luxury and street fashion. What do you think about that? For me, in the 80s was a very famous 80s, 70s about the fashion. But Luca started in the 90s to sub-brand the U.S. brand. U.S. brands include Stussy, Nike and Carhartt. Both in the countryside because, you know, Slam Jam is based in the countryside in Ferrara, that quarter. Ferrara, three hours by car from Milan. Population, 132,000. Art and intellectual center during the Italian Renaissance. It's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Last, uh, last year we moved, because we opened Spazio Maiocchi, the, the office there, but we were in the city since like more than 10 years. We did it all for 10 years ago, but probably the city was not so very uh, open for that. But Slam Jam, from my point of view and what I've experienced, it's a distribution company. Yes. Now has an art space along with Carhartt. Mm -hmm. It creates collaborations and synergies between brands. Um, it's retail. Now has a brand, Alix. Yeah, Slam Jam was uh, was born because uh, as a distributor, but also right now, you know, the distribution is, uh, is something that uh, also changing, you know, during the years and during the time. And so I think that also that the brand that we uh, we have uh, in our list is because uh, there is something that match with us. I think it's not like simple distribution, but is. Uh, to create with the designer and relationship that came from uh, not only the business side, but also because there are the same vibe, you know? Not a hold up. But how does working with the arts nourish Slam Jam? It's not something that you necessarily have to do. Because in the States and in, in Japan, you don't really see that strong of a connection between, as much of a connection between the arts and intellectual culture uh, as we do, for example, with Slam Jam and, and Carhartt. Why is that? I don't think that there is like a proper reason. I think that is very natural. I think that also, you know, all the uh, artists, or, or, or if you are like a, a good brand, you know, you need the artist, you know. You can also imagine like a t-shirt. A lot of t-shirts are designed by the artist, you know. I think that is something that is very natural. I think that the, this system needs to be connected with art. When you work with these brands, you kind of constantly are creating ideas for collaborations or like a brand would. Is that correct? It's correct also because if you speak with Luca, he said that uh, he never think about to create a proper brand, Slam Jam brand. Slam Jam is uh, an identity that can be able to, you know, to do like 
the business part of distribution and the other part uh, to be like a uh, incubator you know for the new generation to connect you know tribe of like-minded people I think in our interactions and working together, like I really felt that you were, you're very much looking forward. You're really into kind of pushing even intellectually the kids and, and making them think because it's such a hype moment. I think you're already way past the hype and you're kind of still trying to nourish street culture and youth culture. You know, the mission also of Slim Dab have to be to be educational, you know, for the new generation. The mission also of Slim Dab have to be to be educational, you know, for the new generation. Gabrian Slam Jam's flow is intuitive and effortless. But was it always that way? How did Luca Benini manage to create a global cultural movement from a small town in Italy? Fashion anthropology. Antropologia della moda. Italy's top fashion critic, Angelo Flaccavento, walks us through the country's fashion ecosystem to tell us how a company like Slam Jam came to exist. Slam Jam. Connector. Patron. Platform. Movement. Attitude. Slam Jam. Angelo Flaccavento. I am a, I call myself a fashion critic because I'm very critical. <laughs> and I am a columnist for Il Sole 24 Ore, which is the Italian Financial Times, a columnist for the business of fashion, an editor at large at, at Italian Vogue, and uh, I write in L'Officiel Italia and other publications. What I wanted us to talk about is one, the kind of fashion and cultural climate in Italy around the time that Slam Jam started. Um, maybe you can set the scene for us. It was mostly designer fashion ruling the scene. It was still huge. They were still the, it was still the heyday of Prada. Armani was still on a good wavelength. Tom Ford at Gucci was still having his moment. So that was like the, the scene was dominated by those figures, so that, by those characters. So when Slam Jam started and Luca had the idea, he basically started distributing Carhartt and Stussy in Italy. So he was catering to a different culture of streetwear, which was more uh, American or British, because at the time I remember reading uh, ID and The Faith, and they were uh, advertising of this brand that looked so exotic to me as, a, as an Italian not teenager because I was not uh, like let's say young late teenager <laughs> and uh, so I think he, he had a, a huge intuition in that sense because also then in the zero zeros uh, everything changed in a way and uh, you know the, the whole scene started fragmenting in a way that led to the present at that moment, there's the internet, there was luxury fashion also supporting youth culture and magazines that symbolized youth culture and that were driving it. Um, how do you think it was a catalyst for change in Italian fashion? Luca once told me in an interview that his main interest was fashion and music. So he understood, because for me, if you link fashion to music, you mean it means that you understand fashion as a 
visual culture ca that can set a group apart from the other by adhering to an aesthetic code that's also an, uh, a musical code. Ah, je vois. has set a group apart from the other by adhering to an aesthetic code that's also an, uh, a musical code. Which is what has made also Slam Jam so international because having linked fashion to music so that kind of uh, counterculture or underculture that it's it's a mindset that's more uh, british let's say or american so luca from the beginning has built slam jam on another code which is for me is what has made it so uh, right away so international it was importing sportswear and streetwear from america I think it was not totally underground, but it was something totally on its own. Also, Luca hails from, uh, and Slam Jam hails from Ferrara, which is not that far from Milano, but it's still not Milano. So, and also, it, I think that people who do not live in Italy cannot understand how provincial life in Italy can lead to very interesting things, because life can be very boring in the, pro I mean, by province, I mean, a city that is not as big as Milano or Roma or Naples. So you have a lot of time on yourself. You, are, you have this hunger to know what's happening uh, outside of your own little bubble. And maybe you end up being more connected to what is happening, let's say, in Tokyo or New York. So I think that the story like the Slam Jam and Luca's path into fashion has to do with uh, the place where he is from. has to do with uh, the place where he is from. And this idea of tribes is a very key word for streetwear in general and also for Slam Jam. It's in their kind of slogan and part of their brand code. Um, can you tell me about this idea of tribes and, and family in Italian fashion? I think that British culture is more tribal, Italian culture is more family-oriented. By family-oriented, I mean that there be some kind of blood relation. I think that Slam Jam has played more the tribe game, which means that it has uh, drawn inspirations from or built its narrative on uh, the idea of creating subcultures by united people who are cannot also not be physically close one to the other but, are connect, but they are just connected by a family lives under the same roof a tribe does not necessarily live on the same roof they just connected i'm in milano you in tokyo we can be the same tribe if we follow one code aha uh -huh, i see Subcultures by united people who are, cannot also not be physically close. And I think art is also a key role in Italian fashion. Um, Prada Foundation is a great example. Can you talk about um, this relationship that seems to be very prevalent within Italian fashion and also for Slam Gen with Spazio Maiocchi? I think in the beginning of Italian fashion, art was not even an option. Prada is, a, is pivotal in this sense because for, of the household Mucha Prada comes from, which means that, which is a bourgeoisie, bourgeois kind of environment. So she, they always collect a certain kind of art, which is not every kind of art. Because 
the really early steps of Fondazione Prada, which was when no, the space was not even built, and they, they had another space, which is where they show a link to the a kind of modernist art. So they that set Prada apart from the other. It's been really integral to their to their narrative because it's it was a very subtle way to say we know you don't know. It's very exclusive. The Prada Foundation launched in 1993. It explores contemporary art and culture. The permanent complex in Milan opened in 2015 and was designed by Rem Koolhaas. It includes a bar designed by film director Wes Anderson, too. The Prada collection is comprised of 20th and 21st century artworks. For them, Gem, it's been different because being linked to street culture, they were immediately interested in outsider forms of art that can also be end up being exposed in museums or galleries but it's more about the fluidity and the richness of street culture which now is a definition that's almost meaningless because street culture can end up in a important gallery right right away but that link is interesting because it has linked slam jam to a kind of very alive very boiling kind of creativity. So in order to make that appealing, art can be an interesting tool to build narrative or to build an aura around it. So he understood that early on. So his play and his take on art is very different from Prada. But for me, both are very authentic, which is what makes them winning compared to other brands that just play the art card just because it's something of the moment. For them, Gem, it's been different because being linked to street culture, they were immediately interested in outsider forms of art. I think that they, Luca or the, the, the group, they find young designers and they support them on a business level with manufacturing yes. in Italy. Yes. Can you talk about that model as well, these kinds of collaborations? Yes, I, I think that, that in that sense, the model is very Italian in a good way. Because basically Luca takes under his wings designers that, like Matthew Williams, that he thinks of an idea. He gives them time to evolve and develop their ideas, which is great. He has not that kind of frenzy to, for a brand to be immediately profitable or hyper successful, which is great. How do you think a group like Slam Jam and even like Nugard um, and obviously the, because of the internet, how street fashion and craftsmanship are colliding and Italy's role within that and Slam Jam's role within that? Slam Jam's role has been huge. Also, New Guard because I mean they would be they've been at the forefront with the Off White and then County of Milan, Heron Preston, uh, Palm Angels. I think in a way that this this whole streetwear mentality, I mean craft Italian craft is somehow integrated, but it's not the main resource because it's not. It's a narrative and uh, a character that is still used more in high fashion. And, it, and also I think it's an element that doesn't speak that much to the audience. Uh, maybe 
I mean, I can see an interesting collision in a brand like Alix because basically it's a functional brand run with a designer's mind. Italian craft is somehow integrated, but it's not the main resource. It's not the main resource. I mean, that really they are connected. I think that the strength of Luca is that he oversees things, but he trusts a lot the people around him, and he's very able to connect with people that, on their turn, can connect him to what's happening around. It's completely different. But a brand like Armani still run in the family business sense, in the sense that Mr. Armani is the boss and the pater familias, as we say. So it's like I decide. Even if I'm wrong, I decide. Luca is very is more alternative in this in that sense. He would be that kind of father that lets you smoke a joint at the, you know at the dinner table with no problem. I mean, of course, it's not can be scientifically proven, but I think that brands or operation have a kind of DNA which depends on the persons who founds them, because Luca is a very elusive character. It seems like that things happen to him, cool things happen to him, and there is that kind of chaos that in the end is productive. There is a kind of chaos that in the end is productive. Is productive. Is productive. Thanks for listening to Fashion Anthropology. More episodes on Slam Jam are available now. Get to know more members of the tribe. Deep dive into the culture of this legendary company that paved the way for the European streetwear scene. Fashion Anthropology, edited by Frank Haderer. Music, Krikor Kusian. Keep listening to Hypebeast Radio. Hypebeast Radio, keep it Fashion Anthropology.